I can't work in these conditions, everybody. What conditions? You mean with the bright light shining through the window because we don't have any blinds? <laughs> no. Uh, the person next to me is giving me the bird. I meant that you, I was counting you down from three, two, one. Yeah. And I got mm-hmm. confused. Yeah, I'm sure you mm-hmm. did. Sorry. Uh, welcome. To another exciting edition of True Crime on Easy Street. Is it going to be exciting? I don't know. It's, you're I, in the big chair today, so. Don't get your hopes up. Take from that what you will, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's Scott today. My name's Kelly Turner. I'm not a doctor. Scott Wright, mediocre journalist. Katie Givens, not a lawyer. And here we are. We are barreling down the calendar to October. Yeah. I mean, it is. September is really getting away from us. You know, they say time flies. Well, they, right. they are correct. They are correct. Whoever they yeah. may be. Um, so, Scott, you have a shout out, do you? Yeah, I got a couple of shout outs, actually. I'll uh, let you go with that. Nicole Davis is an old friend of mine, oh, and yeah. she is a friend of the show. Yeah. She heard the podcast recently, said she enjoys it very much. She likes the fact that we interact the way that we do, she said. Oh, yeah. Uh, she thinks that we do a very good job of preparing for the topic. Nice. of the day and she likes the compassion that we show for the families of the victims she said a lot of the podcasts that she listens to don't always do that and mm-hmm. she says that we do and so she appreciated that so we appreciate you too nicole we do thank you so much and yeah we do care about people i would say a lot more than some of the other podcasts i've listened to i uh, so. would agree mm-hmm. uh one more shout out randy west okay randy with an i yeah uh she reached out on facebook recently and said that she and i'm quoting Absolutely loves listening to True Crime on Easy Street. She loves it. It's oh, local. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she apologized for being late to the party. Randy, you are forgiven this time. Yes. So <laughs> We're just happy as, that you're here. Hey, yes, welcome. As long as you bring two other people with you at some point down the road, you're forgiven. That's so right. Tell two friends That's about it. Deal. Maybe they'll tell two friends and so on. I love it. Isn't that a hair shampoo commercial from the 80s? Maybe. I think so. It might anyway, be. Let's not get into that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, thank you both for listening to the show and for those nice words that you've given us. We appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, and if you guys are interested, I found a way to work Jake's on the lake into the show again today. Oh, God. <laughs> it's closed. Well, that's what I was getting at. So, the chamber is a sponsor. Jake's on the lake is our one uh, sponsor that doesn't pay us any money. But the Chamber is a very good sponsor. And so they shared something about Jake's. Another great season. Thank you, Jake. See you guys next year. Blah, blah, blah. And so I shared that on our Facebook page. And so we managed to work Jake's on the lake into the show again. Yep. And if you want a cheeseburger between now and Memorial Day 2024, you'll have to go to Easy Street. They also have really good cheeseburgers. Mm -hmm. They do. They do. So between now and next Memorial Day, Mm -hmm. um, stop by and see us. And then you can go back to Jake's. Okay. So I was... Wow. He should really pay us for this. Uh, we're going to send him a bill. Yes. That'll be fine. That would um, be hilarious. So uh, I was eating dinner at Easy Street or on Easy Street, I should say, this week. Yeah. And I had a very delicious buffalo chicken salad. And the the buffalo chicken was, it was grilled buffalo chicken. Yummy. But as I'm told by Shane, because Shane and Katie came up to KT and I and they were talking with us and I was like, they could have taken my salad bowl and just put it back up on the shelf. Like I ate a whole salad. It was so good. Um, But uh, Shane was telling me that there's a new kitchen manager. Yes, we do. And mm-hmm. the they're doing the chicken a little bit differently. He All was right. not satisfied with the grilled chicken flavor. So he overhauled it. He uh, apparently there's uh, some form of he's marinate the way he marinates his, uh-huh. his chicken. And okay. I'm telling you, and the way that he did the buffalo, he cooked it in. Okay, with the chicken instead of just tossing it in there. All right. So he grilled the chicken, and it. Oh, totally different flavor. It was delicious. See, we could give Jake this kind of accolades if he would sponsor us instead of just a passing mention. But he doesn't. On the way to the next thing. But he doesn't. So wink, wink. Yeah. Whoopsie. (laughs) But anyways, try the new uh, chicken on Easy Street. It was uh, fantastic. Cool. Um, A word of warning. Okay. We are talking about the mafia today. So if you're out there listening to this podcast with your nine-year-old granddaughter, be prepared to cover her ears because there will be a couple of F-bombs today. I mean, it is the mafia. Just another day We're not going to overdo it. Just another day for you, Scott. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, we. Don't put me and Kelly into this. Who dropped F-bombs on this show? I am going to drop a couple of F-bombs today. Okay. Yeah. Just be prepared. All right. All right. All you folks in middle school, just don't 
Don't be like Mr. Yeah. Scott. Yeah, do as we say, not as we do. Uh, well, in this Scott, case, don't do, do as we Scott. say. Mr. Scott. Not, it's Mr. Scott, not, yeah. not the rest of us. So you guys know that the first two parts of this uh, three-part series that we're doing, we talked about the mafia, and we went through the 30s and the 40s. We talked about the 50s and the 60s. So logic would dictate that we should do the 70s, 80s, and 90s today, right? Just to finish the story well, of what happened Scott, with the mafia. you've never been one to be accused That's of having logic. not what we're going to do today. We're <laughs> going to talk about some of our favorite films about the mafia. Okay. And so at, at some point down the road, we're going to have to finish this story. We but will. It, we will. And it'll give us a chance to plug these episodes in mm-hmm. those shows that we haven't done yet yeah. to get you to come back and listen. Don't worry. I'll make sure Scott finishes there this. There is a method to our madness. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. So today we're going to talk about four mafia movies. And are you going to talk to us about, because I'm assuming that the ones that you're going to talk about are mm-hmm. not all based on true stories, but somewhere down the line, the story comes from some something real. Yes. And so you, are you going to parallel that? Or are you going to yes. remind us of oh, that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and, great. And, and that's kind of where these four films that I chose come from. Okay. We're not going to do The Godfather because The Godfather is pure fiction. It is pure It's fiction. a romanticized version of what happened in the mafia. But it's great. It's a great film. But it doesn't serve just, our purpose just today. Just watch the first two. Yeah, you don't you have to watch any more after True. that. Yeah, I watched the first two and tried to watch the third one. And I mean, I've had a couple of weeks to prepare this. So I've watched a lot of mobster, mafia, crime films in the last couple of weeks. Are there just three? Yes. Three Godfather films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought there was a, like several years past and then they tried to do something else. No, the, the third film came along years after the oh, first two. Oh, there was the two. third film that the came along. Godfather Part after. 3 was okay. the third in the series and it was years after. The first two, like 72 were The Godfather, 74 The Godfather Part 2, and then I want to say early 80s, Okay, The Godfather Part oh, 3. Oh, I know what it is. The books, the author came out with a book. Uh, uh, Puzo. Came and it was. I want to say it came out when I was in grad school, like several years later. Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, why not? Or someone was writing for mm. that author. You know how they do. What do you Mario, call that? Mario Puzo is what do you, the name of the author. What do you author. call that when you have a ghostwriter? Theft. <laughs> I tried to say theft and I said thift. <laughs> theft. Okay. What? Okay, a theft. <laughs> Plagiarism. <writer>. Um, <laughs> anyways, I feel like some version of that came mm-hmm. out when I was in grad school. Because I want to say I tried to read it and was not interested. I don't even think I knew they were books. Yeah, they were books first Mm -hmm. and then movies. Yeah. Yeah, very good books and very good movies. So I read the first one. Okay, so the book, speaking of books, I read a book that helped me get prepared for this episode today. And it's written by a guy named George Anastasia. The name of the book from 2011 is The Ultimate Book of Gangster Movies. Wow. So I had a good time with that. And I'm quoting from the book now. He said that this country was built on guts, vision, bloodshed, and a good deal of criminality. Mm-hmm. So it's no coincidence that each of those elements contributes to a solid gangster film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, speaking of gangster films, you guys know the first ever gangster film? You know the title from 1912? Hold on, hold oh. on. No, I don't. The Musketeers of Pig Alley. Would have never gotten that. I tried to find it. I couldn't. Um, of course you did. I was going to watch it. Oh, no. That was the first ever film about the mafia. That was in 1912. So by the 30s, mafia movies have really become a mainstay on the big screen back in the day. James Cagney, uh, Edward G. Robinson, Humphrey Bogart, those are guys who all got their start and became famous playing gangsters on the big screen in the the 30s. And from what we learned from the first episode now, you're using mafia and mobster interchangeably. Yeah, I'm going to throw all these terms at you today. They all mean the same thing. But, but... You use mafia when mm. you are speaking of Italian Correct. mafia. That's true. Like more, more specifically, Sicilian. Yes, the Irish mob, the Jewish mob, the uh, mobster is when it's not Italian. It's the mafia. We're talking about somebody who can trace their family heritage back to the old country. It's specifically Sicily. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, also in the in the nineteen twelve film. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Oh. <laughs> okay, here we go. Is this a dumb question, but would that have been a silent film or is that, has sound yeah, it been introduced? It yeah. would have been. Yeah, sound didn't happen until 27. That's not a dumb question. You're not right. Yeah, yeah Sound was late 20s when they finally figured out a way to make the sound and the picture work together. Mm-hmm. But you could probably do a mob movie without, you know, I, I bet that would have been a good yeah. silent film. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess you have around, the, uh, yeah, I guess you have the card come up after your, you know, six bang, gunshots, and bang, then the card bang. comes up, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, mm-hmm. not that you would need it because with the smoke and stuff, and the guy dropping dead. I think you could infer. You yeah, can figure that out. The gunshot yeah. killed the individual. Yeah. So the movies, the first mobster film, mafia film, was in 1912. So by the 30s, Hollywood is making prohibition has come along. By the okay, tell us the name of that movie one more time. The Musketeers of Pig Alley. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to help everybody out. Uh, well, I'm not. It's Wednesday, but I'm gonna guess. <laughs> yeah. Those of you who went to some version of Scott's trivia the night before that that was oh, a question. I'm always working oh, the podcast it? and trivia into the same thing. Yeah, yeah but if this anybody is, you're going to hear this too late. That's true. Yeah, unless I do it two weeks from now. You won't. It's yeah. already on the yeah, schedule. That's so. true. Oh, yeah, that's Too right. Bad. It's on our schedule for but next week. I bet that's a question. It is definitely not, That's not one, but there's going to be something from what I'm going to say today that will be a question. Okay. Yeah. All right. So by the 30s, we're doing these mafia films. We're doing. Uh, we're telling the stories of Al Capone, Lucky Luciano, two guys we've already mentioned in this series. And as I mentioned in parts one and two, it was prohibition, like I said, that was the motivating uh, factor that really created what we call organized crime. Yep. Uh, Nicholas Pileggi, he wrote the books Wise Guy and Casino. Two of the films that we're going to talk about today are based on books that he wrote. And uh, he explained it this way. He said, until Prohibition, mobsters were thugs who would hit you on the head and steal your money. And then after Prohibition, they had the opportunity to really get organized and become successful and turn it into a criminal enterprise, which is what they did. And the films reflected that. Thank you, Prohibition. <clears throat> yeah. Idiots. Um, Scott said that, not me. Yeah. Um, you guys know that I'm a film. I'm yes. a movie buff. I like films. So that's yes. why I went off on this tangent. I told you guys I wanted to do this. Yeah. And nobody stopped me. I nobody said, fine. are you nuts? Don't do that. No, I think it's fine. Go with it. All right. We're going with it. Um, speaking of solid gangster films, uh, we're going to focus on them. Like I said, one of the, uh, that book that I read, the foreword of the book is written by a guy named Joe Pistone. Joseph Pistone. You guys know who that is? That no. name is so familiar. You might know him better as Donnie Brasco. Yes. He was the FBI undercover agent who spent six years infiltrating the Bonanno crime family in New York City. He wrote a book about it after he got out. His, his, uh, his uh, what am I trying to say? His alias mm-hmm. was Donnie Brasco. Yes. And so that's... It, he... I mean, it was some dangerous work that he was in. It is a very fascinating story. Yeah, that's one yeah. of the films we're going to talk about today. And I love Johnny Depp. Yeah. So. Uh, like I said, he spent six years trying to uh, infiltrate. He did infiltrate the Bonanno crime family. Ended up being responsible for over 200 indictments, 100 uh, convictions of mafia members in New York City in the early 80s. So when Joe Pistone says that the four films we're going to talk about today are four that really show you what life was like in the mafia. We're going to have to take him at his word we because he listen. did it. Yeah. He lived it for yeah. how many years again? Five, five plus. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. 76 to 81. And he had an actual family at he the time. He had a wife and three children, three daughters. Wow. Good Lord. Anne Hesch does a fantastic job of playing his wife, the late Anne Hesch. Yes. Uh, plays his wife in the film and she's terrific. Yeah. I've forgotten oh, yeah. what a good actress she is yeah, until I saw great. this again. Yeah. Um, so the four films, and we're going to take them in the order that they appeared at, at the theaters. Okay. So Goodfellas from 1990 is first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Casino from 1995 is second. Mm-hmm. Donnie Brasco from 1997 is third. And The Departed Oh, yeah. from 2006 is the fourth film. Or as they say in Boston, The Departed. <laughs> but those are the four films. Three of them directed by Martin Scorsese. Uh, all highly celebrated films about the mafia based at least loosely, you mentioned this earlier, based at least loosely on true stories. Okay. Some aspect of these stories was true. Scorsese does a really good job of taking elements of truth and elements of fiction and jamming them together. Yeah. Much like I made uh, jam sandwiches when I was a kid. Two yeah. pieces of bread, jam them together. God, I cannot stand Pesci's character in Goodfellas, which means he did an excellent job. Yes. <laughs> and he basically played the same guy in Casino. Uh, he did. Just with a different God, name. I just couldn't stand hey, it. You know he's what? so good. He's when so you're good. good. Yeah, when you're good, just stay in your lane and do your thing. Yeah. And Pesci um, does a fantastic job. He does. Do you know that he was kind of the the little dude that, that uh, got picked on by um, Frankie Valli and uh, the Four Seasons? What? 
like I'm funny, like I'm a clown, like yeah. I'm here to amuse you. Yeah, see, he's he plays this this little tough guy yeah. in these gangster movies, but if little you've man seen syndrome. Jersey Boys, he they messed with him all the time. He was the one Love that they Jersey picked Boys. on yeah. all the time. It's a great film. It's just weird. Have you seen the show or the film or both? I have seen uh, the live okay. show. I would love yeah. to see the show. I've only seen the film, but the film is fantastic. Yeah, the show is fantastic. I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah, it would have to be. Sorry, yeah. I digress. No, no, it's quite all right. So, okay, before we get started, I'm not sure how this is going to go. I feel like I know how this is going to go, actually. We're going to do movie quote trivia. Fun. With the two of you. Okay. And it's really, I feel like it's for the audience. Because is it one of those four you guys movies? Are gonna, yeah, it's all, the, the correct answers to all five of we these questions. We got 25% chance. Are from the four movies. Okay. It's either uh, Goodfellas, Casino, Donnie Brasco, or The Departed. <laughs> Hit me with it. You guys ready? Here's yeah. the first one. Yeah. Well, I already did it. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? What well, that's movie? Goodfellas. That's right. Katie, did you know that? Katie's I've, taking I've, a sip of her coffee. She did not I've know that. I've seen none of these movies. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. Okay, I knew that was going to be. You know, I'm not going to make fun of you for that today, I promise. But I, Not much. I'm, I'm actually shocked you haven't seen The Departed. Yeah, I, and it, it sounds familiar, but it, I think there's oh, something so good, broken though. in my brain a little bit. Or I well, have, I'm not going to argue with that. I have some eccentrics. Like I watch the same things over and over. No, if, I think if, a lot of people do that. I've sure, seen yeah. something, I've seen it a million times. Yeah, so I here. don't add new things to my plate. I understand. Yeah. I stopped listening to new music 20 years ago. I got you. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. If it's any newer than, uh, what, Nirvana, Matchbox 20, I don't know who that is. So you should do this with Scott, Katie. Like yeah. he does this with yeah, movies. You, could blow you, should, my mind with you music. should throw out some sort of artist and ask, Scott, have you ever listened to well, Doja Cat? Yeah. Well, who, what? I make a playlist about <laughs> once or twice a year and listen to the same 40 songs over and over again, too. Yeah. You can ask anyone yeah. who rides in the car with me. It's the yeah. Same songs. Mm-hmm. Okay, next trivia Dua Lipa. question. You know, Dua Lipa. I've heard of it. What a bitch. Yeah. Can't you get a can't you get a shot for that? Oh. oh. <laughs> That's not what I think it is. No. Is no. that a person? It is yes, a, a female. No, oh, I thought it was a rash. Oh, okay. Oh. Maybe it is. Uh, all right, here's the second one. A wise guy is always right. Even when he's wrong, he's right. Oh crap. Okay, hold on. Uh okay. I'm gonna say Donnie Brasco. Ah oh. Yeah. Damn it. All right, keep saying casino. Sorry. Sooner or later, you're going to be right. Okay. Katie, did you know that one? Moving along. Uh, here we go. Back home, they would have put me in jail for what I'm doing. Casino. But out here, they give me awards. Casino. Yeah, that's yeah. De Niro. All right. Uh, my theory on the feds is that they're like mushrooms. Feed them shit and keep them in the dark. The Departed? The Departed. Okay. F-bomb alert. <laughs> go home and get your fucking shine box. Oh, uh, Donnie Brasco? Good fellas. Oh, dang Poor it. Billy Bats. Oh, dang if, it. if you know, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so you guys know gangster movies are, they're the modern version of Westerns, right? It's good guys versus bad guys. It's black and white. It gives normal Americans, people, moviegoers, a chance to root for the bad guy without becoming the bad guy themselves, right? Yeah. It's kind of what we're doing here. So uh, speaking of uh, uh Movies, Ocean's Eleven is a movie. Katie mentioned things that she watches over and over and over. Ocean's Eleven is a movie. It's not on our list, but it's sort of a, and it's not a, it's not a mafia movie. It's a crime movie. It's a heist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love heist films, Mm -hmm. but that's a movie that I can, I'll just stop what I'm doing. I mean, I can watch it. I could be, you know, giving the dog a bath or cooking in the kitchen or performing open heart surgery. I'm stopping in the middle of it. To watch Ocean's Eleven. I've seen one of those. Isn't there multiple? Yeah. yeah. 11, I've, 12, I and have, 13. I have found myself totally not caring about that. I, I just don't care. That's terrible. I don't care about these guys stealing from a casino. I just yeah. love Who's a good heist that? film. Who's in that? That's, uh, that's Clooney Everybody, and, yeah. and yeah, Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's that's why I've seen it. A bunch yeah. of men. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did Ocean's 8 with uh, Sandra Bullock. And, yeah, that was a bunch of women. female mm-hmm. cast. No, I mean, I'm not, I don't care that it's a bunch of men. I'm just saying it's a bunch. You know, and I never yeah. thought that was going to happen. And one of my favorite comedians is uh, John Mulaney. We've mentioned him before on the mm-hmm. show. He has this bit where he talks about, and it was before Ocean's 8 yeah. came out. And he had this bit where he says, you know, they could never make a movie about a heist with a bunch of women because they are all just they would be passive aggressive to each other and just talk bad about each other to their faces. Like somebody's working on the safe and twisting the dial and look over the show and go, Oh, I love how you could just wear anything and just keep, they, they could never do this movie. And then a few years later it came, it, it came out. Anyway, uh, speaking of movies that you could just watch over and over and over Al Pacino himself, Michael Corleone said, mm-hmm. 
he said, it's funny, you know, but anytime the Godfather comes on, I just sit down and watch it. <laughs> That's Pacino. Um, so mafia films, mob films, crime films, heist films, Ocean's Eleven, like I mentioned. You guys ever seen L.A. Confidential? Yes. I love that film. Uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Yes. Love it. Those are not mafia films. They're heist films. Yeah. Some of my favorites. I just like heist films. Um, the Usual Suspects? I have seen it multiple times. Don't tell anybody who Kaiser Soze was. I'm not saying a word. Okay. You've got to figure that out for yourself. My favorite quote from that film, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he did not exist. Yeah. That's a great line. Ugh, I got chills right now. I want to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going home and watching that film. That's a great film. Before the Steelers play, I'm going to go home and watch that. That was from 95, The Usual Suspects. And like we mentioned earlier, 1931 was a big year for mafia films. That's when it really started to be the film that we're more familiar with. And I went back and found one of James Cagney's films from, uh, from 1931 called The Public Enemy. And I watched it. And it was hard to watch. <laughs> with the exception of James Cagney, there's not another actor in the thing. I mean, they were, they were famous actors at the time, but they were terrible. Mm. Cagney was just, you could see right away. Oh, I see why this guy's going to have a successful career Mm -hmm. and still be around in the, I think Cagney died in the sixties or seventies, but wow. Amazing. Um, Oh, and one story from that film, I found this out. So it's 1930 when they, when they shot the film, right? It came, it came out in 31. Mm -hmm. There's a scene where Cagney's character runs around a corner and bullets go off and the wall above him just missing him. Those are real bullets. They hired a sharpshooter to shoot at James Cagney to miss to be filmed for the movie. That how did never they fly in, today. How did they insure this project? I'm not sure that that was a thing back then <laughs> oh because they shot real bullets at the guy. That, and he agreed. And I went back. I, I went back and watched it two or three times because I'd heard about it before. I'm waiting for this scene to happen in the movie. So right? his so reaction is is well, well, he's gone. You don't see him, but he's. It's a good thing because he probably crapped his pants when he got around the corner. <laughs> wow! But it was close. I mean, one oh, second. Those were the good old days. He turns the corner <laughs> and right, and it's not like it missed him by a foot. It was like right where his head was. Uh-huh. Bang! 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 In in the in the in the cement. In the concrete. Don't slow down. Crazy. Don't slow down. Yeah. What if he'd, what if he'd be like, hey, Don't wait, trip. I'm supposed to do what? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. All right. So um, we're talking about Goodfellas? Yeah. Right now? That's right. Um, What's it based on? Who, who is it based on? Uh, or am I getting ahead of you? I'm sorry. Uh, well, a little bit. But Okay. Well, but, then just you're, do no, your you're thing. You're doing fine. No, okay. No, no. Um, Goodfellas is the first of the four movies we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So, um, it was based on the 1985 book by Nicholas Pileggi. It was called Wise Guy. Okay. They had to change the name of the movie to Goodfellas because there was a TV show called Wise Guy at the time and oh, they didn't want okay. people to get confused about what yeah. it was about. Um, it stays pretty much true to the events, to, to real life events. Henry Hill was the guy the book was about. That's the character that Ray Liotta plays. Okay. In the movie. All right. You remember the opening scene of the film? They're, they're driving a car and all of a sudden they hear something in the trunk. Yes. They open the trunk mm-hmm. and it's an hour. It's exactly one hour and one minute into the film when they tell you Go what's going on with it. the trunk. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Billy Bats in the shine box. Anyway, we first in the movie after that, and then the credits roll, and okay, it's Goodfellas, it's Martin Scorsese, let's get into the movie. We go back and we see Henry Hill as a kid in the 50s, mm-hmm. and he is, uh, he's a little gopher for the, for the local mob guy, the mafia guy that works in his neighborhood, played by, um, uh, uh, the mafia Don in the movie is played by Paul Sorvino. Before long, Henry is firebombing cars. He's fencing stolen cigarettes by the carton. And he's taking beatings from his father for skipping school and playing mini mobster. De Niro plays Jimmy Conway. And that is a role that Al Pacino turned down, by the way. And uh, Joe Pesci is Tommy DeVito. Pesci won the Best Supporting Actor for Mm -hmm. his role as Tommy DeVito in Goodfellas, uh, which was also nominated for Best Picture that year, but lost out to Dances with Wolves. Mm. 
I, I liked it at the time, but it's not better than Goodfellas. Another movie I've never seen. Yeah, it's, it's boring. It's, it's three hours long, and it's yeah, it's Ooh. it's Kevin Costner and a wolf. I probably just made some folks mad, but it's kind of boring. Yeah, I think compared Kevin, to Goodfellas, it I is. think Kevin Costner does an excellent job. I just think the movie's boring. I do like I Kevin Costner? My favorite scene from Goodfellas is the the steady cam shot. Katie uh, Kelly, you're gonna remember this, right? When they when they walk into the Copacabana, they go in through the service entrance, and it's mm-hmm. there were over four hundred. Uh, choreographed sequences that had to take place for that shot to go off the mm-hmm. way that it did. It's three minutes. It's kind of like you follow them in. You're following yeah. them in from behind and, and Henry's waving to everybody and slipping mm-hmm. 20s to every guy that he passes. And, and It's like the it's like a point of view type yeah. type thing that you're getting their point of view. You go from outside the building. They're, they're, he's sneaking into the Copacabana. There's a long line at the door so he goes in the back way because he knows everybody. Mm-hmm. And you go all the way in through the kitchen, through the service area and they pull the, the, the maitre d' sees him, snaps his fingers. There's a table there. They pull up a couple of chairs turn on the lamp the camera swings around and it's Henny Youngman king of the one-liners the real Henny Youngman the comedian <laughs> the guy who stands there with his uh, he plays the violin mm-hmm. he's got the, he's, all he does is tell one-liners um, take my wife please that's yeah. Henny Youngman yeah uh, I take my wife everywhere she finds her way home <laughs> I asked my wife where do you want to go for your anniversary she said I want to go somewhere I've never been he said try the kitchen <laughs> And one more, Dr. Wellsler is here, a wonderful doctor. He gave a patient six months to live. The guy couldn't pay his bill, gave him another six months. Anyway, that's my Henny Youngman joke. It's not a big hit. Oh, wow. All right, so uh, I'm not going to go into the movie any further than that. If you've, if you've never seen Goodfellas, it's, it's made our list, so that's all that you need to know. Just go watch it. Katie, I'm talking to you. It's uh, on the list. F-word count. 300. Lots. 300. Not, not, not the highest count of the, thir- the four no, films we're going to talk not about, kid but 300. Appropriate. Not kid appropriate. Mm, just don't tell mom. Just, just don't watch do it, it while she's at work. Children, don't do that. Whatever. Second film, Casino from 1995. That, this movie tells the story of Las Vegas in the 70s and early 80s. Uh, a terrific soundtrack, Casino. Over 50 songs. Everything from B.B. King to Devo. Yeah. Is it a musical or just has a lot no, of No, it's just a lot, uh, just of, a lot of music. A lot of it takes place in casinos or, or in restaurants or in bars. So there's always music playing in the background. Okay. So, But the, the music always has a purpose. The music is always to create a bridge between two moments or to help you understand something else about a character. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that all of Scorsese's films are like that. Mm-hmm. Same thing in The Departed and Goodfellas for that matter. Uh, by the way, three of all three of the Scorsese films that we're going to talk about today have one song in common at least, and that's uh, Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. Mm. He must like that song. I think it's Gimme Shelter. I'm having second thoughts about that now. I think it's another film. I mean, another song. Um, Roger Ebert said about Casino that uh, it's a film that makes the audience feel like they are eavesdropping in a secret place. It really gives you the inside story of what life was like back in the 70s in Las Vegas. And it, again, based on real life events, they changed the name of the character. De Niro's character in the film is named uh, Sam Rothstein. It's really based on a guy named Frank Rosenthal, who was a real life mafia guy who they sent out to Las Vegas in the Mm -hmm. 70s. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about him. Yeah. For one thing, to create sports books Mm -hmm. in Las Vegas, because at the time in Las Vegas, it was illegal for you to have a sports book in a casino. There were, sports gambling was legal, but they were their own separate. They were called turf clubs. Yeah. It was dingy and, and gross. You just went in and made your bet at a table or at a, at a window. And then you left with your receipt. So Rosenthal was the real person. Rosenthal was the real Frank Rosenthal was the real and he person. He was the one who was our Alabama tie. He was dating, right? No, no, no. That's uh, Bugsy Siegel. He was oh, dating Virginia Hill, who was Sorry. in Alabama. Alabama was Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is our Got first mention the, of Rosenthal. The failed casino. Bugsy Siegel. He I, owed them money. Yeah. yeah. I guess you don't call it like, I'm trying to think of what the word is, like a hotelier, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More or less. But, but, Casino operator. He but yeah. He couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he, he was or He couldn't figure it. out how to pay his bills and do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he was stealing from the mafia. He, so was, they, he couldn't figure out how to line his pockets and pay his bills. They put a bullet in his eye. Yeah. And then turned the flamingo into a great thing. The flamingo was there until uh, okay, but the that's 70s. Not, the flamingo is still there. Well, it, I don't think it's in the same place. Oh, okay. I mean, it's the say, original the building. Flamingo, there's still a, yeah. a okay. flamingo. Still a All right, flamingo so there. this is um, 
De Niro's character in Casino is is about a different guy, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rosenthal. Yeah. But so, you did mention him, though. I think I probably did. In our previous yeah. episode. Sounds familiar. So, sports gambling was legalized in 1949. Okay. But it wasn't until the 70s that Rosenthal convinced the Nevada legislature to approve sports books inside casinos. So if you yeah. guys go into a casino in Las Vegas today and you go in the sports book and there's the, the electronic odds boards on yeah. the wall and TVs uh-huh. everywhere, that didn't exist until Rosenthal and went those to things, Vegas. Those things are huge. Yeah. yeah. Big time. So that Rosenthal was the guy who did that. And so Pesci's character was another mobster that they sent out there to kind of keep an eye on him. Was he a mobster or was he a member of the mafia? He was, I guess he was a made man. So like, he was in the mafia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was from, uh, he was a Chicago based uh, mafioso. Correct. Which they call the outfit yes. in Chicago. Yes. Not the mafia, but yeah, same thing. So they made up the casino. They called it the Tangiers, which didn't exist. But a lot of the other elements in the film are based on real events. The opening sequence is De Niro climbing into his car and turning the key and there's a bomb that goes off. They're trying to kill him. Yes. The same thing that happens in Goodfellas, Scorsese does it again. He shows you a story Mm -hmm. and then he backs up and tells you how you get to that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which he does a fantastic job of. So the same thing. It's an hour and a half, two hours into Casino before you find out why somebody wanted to kill Lefty Rothstein. Yeah. Which is the name of De Niro's character. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Pesci's character he's there to make sure that the skim is working properly yeah. and just briefly the skim is when they bring the money into the count room before the Nevada Gaming Commission gets a hold of it and taxes it they were scraping money off the top and I know and we talked went, about that yeah and that move, that yeah. money went straight to the bosses correct that's how they got their money they get their money first yeah so okay. Pesci's character is there Tony Spilatro is who it's based on he plays Nicky Santoro in the film but Tony Spilatro was the real guy may he rest in peace that the film was based on or that the character was based on and it was his job to did he die the way Pesci died in that film exactly that way oh my gosh and if I'm not going to tell you if you don't know it takes place <laughs> in a cornfield there are aluminum baseball bats it's involved it's awful it's awful it's a very violent scene and Originally, oh my god! Originally, it was real. The film was going to be NC seventeen. Oh wow! Yeah, because yeah, of, I could see because that. of that. Yeah. So the film, the film yeah. that we saw is rated R. So imagine how they wound it back. Yeah, they did to get an R rating. Imagine what was in the film before that. Mm. Yeah, it's a rough one. Yeah, that's based on that happened on uh, June the fourteenth, nineteen eighty six, was the day that Tony Spilatro met his end. Well, they had had his enough brother. of him. That's correct. Or should I say more more specifically, Ace had had enough of him. Was it no, Ace? no, no, no? It this was Ace. the this was straight the from the bosses. top. The big bosses had had enough of him. Straight That's from right. the top. Never mind. I really kind of wish Ace had done it a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sharon Stone is terrific in Casino. If you've never seen it, please watch it just to see Sharon Stone give the performance of her career. Yeah, it was good. Fascinating what she did. Uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Nicole Kidman, and porn star Tracy Lords all turned down that role before she got it. I found out. They offered it to a porn star? Well, it's, she's kind of a... She was a form, the character was a former prostitute turned hustler in a casino. So, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe they figured she spoke the lingo. That doesn't necessarily mean that... Well, does it? That she can act? I don't she know. had been in a couple of other things. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, she'd been in a hundred things, but a couple of real things. I mean, she's been in a thousand. I imagine you, have to, you oh. have to act about certain things. I can, hear, I can hear young boys Googling Tracy Lords. Right oh, now. don't do it. No, no don't do it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't Parental think about controls that. on your computer. It's too late yeah, now. Yeah. Your parents are going to find out and yes. you're going to get in big trouble. Yeah, don't, don't do, it. do it. She was nominated, uh, Sharon Stone was, for Best Actress for that film. Okay. I thought it was Best Supporting Actress when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but it's Best Actress. She... The studio tried to convince her that she should let herself be nominated for Best Supporting Actress because they said, look, you're going to win mm-hmm. in a runaway. I mean, look at you. You did great. And she said, no. I was there every day on the set for five months, just like De Niro and Pesci and James Woods, who's also in the film. I want to be nominated for Best Actress. I don't care if I win or not. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. And Principles. she didn't win. Uh, Susan Sarandon won for Dead Man Walking. Didn't and she was that, also no. up against Meryl Streep for Bridges of Madison County. Sorry. Mm. I mean, it, and I'm shocked that Susan Sarandon won. It's hard to beat Meryl. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. 
Well, I mean, she probably has run out of room on her shelf, Meryl. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so the, the, basically, I'm not going to give away anything that happens in the film, but there's one sequence where De Niro's character says, you know, uh, uh, Hollywood, I'm sorry, Vegas is a lot different now than it was when I got there. This is kind of when the movie's winding down at the end. He said, today it's like Disneyland. The corporations took over. The mob got run out of town. Yeah. And it is. If you've ever been to Vegas, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. It's very uh, commercialized. It is. Mm-hmm. Everything. There are literally um, uh, roller coasters on tops of Yeah, New York, New York has a roller coaster on top. Yeah. And so does the, uh, the, the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Have you been, have you ever been to the top of the stratosphere? And I never will. I have been. I rode one of the roller coasters on the top of the no, stratosphere. No. Oh yeah, me either. Not again. That was mm-hmm. 20 years ago. I would never, never do that today. Because I'm thinking about how far it is down. No, I, I will never be up that high. No. Yeah. That it is my choice. <laughs> let me yeah. just say that. Yeah. So, okay, but let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, is Sharon Stone's character based on a real person? Yes. Is that, that was Rothstein's wife. And, and she was that way. Rosenthal's wife. Yes. So that was... She played a woman named Ginger McKenna who married Rothstein... Uh, the De Niro character in the film, and they go through all these trials and tribulations. And did you see he it meet out. her when she was That's right. a prostitute? He met her. And she was a hustler worker. in the casino. Well, in the film, at least, she was a hustler in the casino. She's uh, ingratiating herself to high rollers, and when they're not looking, she's grabbing their $1,000 chips and shoving so that, them in her bra. All of that is based on this yeah. this actual woman. That's she right. did this. Based on stories that Pileggi wrote in the book Casino. And it was always fascinating to me why he he goes after this woman. He's fascinated with this woman. Yeah. Well, and then he's can't super shocked when the marriage is horrible. Mm-hmm. It's in shams. Yeah. It's not, and she's hustling him just like she hustled everybody yeah. else. Oh, she's, she's the person she was when I met her. Oh God! Yeah. Oh wow! Shocker! Yeah. I've never yeah. seen the movie, but that sounds yeah, cool. that, it's, that's, spot on. Yes. Yeah, it gets so bad at one point. Why in the is film, she not a good mother? Why is she not a good wife? <laughs> uh, gee, I don't know. There's a scene in the film where they're in a lawyer's office talking about their divorce. Mm-hmm. Here's the useless tidbit about Casino: the guy that plays the lawyer in that scene was a huge mafia lawyer for most of his career. This film was shot in 94. Five years later, Oscar Goodman was the guy's name. He ran for mayor of Las Vegas and served three terms as the mayor of Las Vegas. Wow. He's in the film. Nice. Uh, And he actually wrote a book. It's called, uh, the title is Being Oscar, From Mob Lawyer to Mayor of Las Vegas. I read it. Okay. It's okay. (laughs) I mean, it's not the best book I've read. The guy's got a lot of ego. Reminded me of Shane Gibbons. (laughs) <laughs> oh Lord! Well, don't start the rumor that Shane's going to run for mayor because he is not, that, or that, that he's a mob lawyer. Okay, yeah, yeah, but that that goes around every election season. Oh, does it? it? Sure. You know what? That's Let's. Hilarious. He's not running. If for you're mayor. out there listening, help us get the rumor started that Shane Gibbons is going to run for mayor. Yeah. F word count in casino four hundred and twenty two. Lots. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're halfway through this thing, but just from top to bottom, yeah. Casino, not a kid film. No, none of these are kid films. No, and just, just, yeah. You know, let's be, let's be, you know, seventeen or eighteen if we're going to watch this. You know what you're doing. Being a mom. Yeah, you're just making them want to do it that much more, God, I know. which plays right into my hands because I want everybody to see these films uh, because they're terrific. No, I mean when you're old enough to see them, but you're not going to understand it. You're not going to get a lot of the stuff, and because it's very adult. Yeah. The content, the storyline. It's not going to be that significant or great to you unless you're an adult. Or you like F-bombs. <laughs> 422. Guys, we'll finish telling you all about these movies after this break and a word from our sponsors. It's time to plan your best vacation ever right here in Cherokee County, Alabama. Many outdoor adventures await. Wet a hook in beautiful Weiss Lake. Swing away at Cherokee Pines Golf Club. Climb to the best view around at Cherokee Rock Village. Hike the Little River Canyon National Preserve. Take a days-long splash at Pirates Bay Water Park. And much, much more. The Cherokee County Chamber of Commerce and Tourism has a full list of recommended lodging facilities, RV sites, and campgrounds. And they're all set up to suit your vacation needs, whatever they may be. So come see us from wherever you are. And if you already live right here in lovely Cherokee County, plan your summer 2023 staycation with the Chamber by visiting Cherokee-Chamber.org. Are you in the market for a full-time Weiss Lake home or recreational lot? 
Let Trini Davis and Elizabeth Powell put their all-star property group at Keller Williams Realty to work for you. Trini and Elizabeth are locals themselves, so they know the Lake area, and with over 40 years of experience, they're professional listing and buying agents, talented home stagers and photographers, and specialized marketing team will work to make your lakefront dreams come true. Check out the Keller Williams team on Facebook at All Star Property Rome. You can also visit at All Star Property Rome to browse their images on Instagram or give them a call at 706-844-7493. That's the All Star Property Group with Keller Williams Realty at 706-844-7493. You can hit pause, call them now, and make your Lake dreams a reality. Thank you to all of our lovely sponsors. Scott, you can keep talking about things I have no idea about. Fine, I will continue. Donnie Brasco is our next film. That's from 1997, uh, and it was based on real-life events that took place in New York City with the Bonanno crime family uh, in the 70s. The film stars Johnny Depp and Michael Corleone himself. Al Pacino plays Lefty Ruggiero. Uh, It's based on the book by Joe Pistone, which came out in 1998, and the story behind how this movie got made is Joe Pistone had a childhood friend who had become a casting director in Hollywood and he found out about the book and bought the movie right or got the movie rights sold mm-hmm. and hired Pistone as a movie consultant and that's basically what Pistone has done ever since he's been a uh, he's been a consultant on movies about crime and the mafia he's made a career out of it Okay. They were going to make the film in the early 90s, but then Goodfellas hit the screens in 1990, so they were like, eh, let's hold off a year or two and wait and re, uh, revisit this later. So yeah. it's 96 before they start filming the movie. The San Francisco Chronicle called Donnie Brasco, quote, a first-class mafia thriller. The New yeah. York Times says, the best crime movie in a long while. It is uh, gut-wrenching. I mean, because I get, I get, I get torn up. Yeah. I get all into that, and I think, "Oh my gosh, they're going to find him out." He's, he's going to. Oh, me too. Yeah, he's, they're yeah. going to kill him. Yeah. It's going to be awful. The tension ah. level is very high. It is throughout this film. It's very stressful. Yeah, stressful to watch. Um, so let's talk about Pistone for a minute before we start referring to him as Donnie Brasco. We're going to tell you who Joe Pistone was. Is he had been an FBI agent for seven years when he infiltrated the mafia in 1976. For two years before that, he had been involved in an undercover uh, job as part of an auto theft ring. So he knew how to steal cars. He uh, had to go to school. There he is. Yeah, yeah that's, just, that's I have Pistone. a picture of him. Uh, he had to go. He has a fantastic mustache. Yeah, they made him cut off the mustache. Darn it. Yeah, that's uh, apparently there's a dress code to be in the mafia in New York, and it includes uh, no <laughs> facial hair. Oh, yeah. So he had to lose the stash. Um, the FBI had never really been interested in infiltrating the mafia because for the longest, for the entire time that uh, J. Edgar Hoover was the director of the FBI, for most of the time, he denied that the mafia even existed. I think we've talked about that already. It's definitely in their pocket. So after, yeah, definitely. After Hoover died in 1972, by 1976, the new head of the FBI, the new uh, people in charge are like, you know what, let's try to do something about organized crime. So they get Brosco to change, uh, Pistone to change his name to Donnie Brasco, and he infiltrates the Bonanno family. And uh, Brasco said later that uh, during the five years plus that he did that, he said, being in the mafia is really boring. It's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, going to social clubs and hanging out in bars and playing cards and sitting around with your boneheaded buddies trying to figure out what your next crime is going to be. Mm-hmm. He said a lot of it is just... There, it's like watching a baseball game. It's mostly boring, and then every once in a while something exciting happens and you get interested, but sooner or later you're back into the monotony again. Mm. I'm sorry to all you baseball fans out there, but that's the way I think of watching a baseball game. <laughs> um, at the end of the film, here's one thing that is absolutely true about the way that the, uh, the film Donnie Brasco works out. When he got out, And they got him out because they were about to make him, he was about to become a made man in the mafia. And one of the things that happens if that happens is you have to kill somebody. So he could not commit any acts of violence as an FBI agent, which I'm sure he did. I'm sure, yeah. To the extent that he had to, you know, to beat somebody up or to get in a fight. But he never killed anybody. And he was going to have to if he was going to be in the mafia. So that's when the FBI pulled him out. So there's a scene at the end of the film where uh, the FBI director comes into the 
press conference and shakes his hand and gives him a medal and hands him a check for, wait for it, $500. What? Way to go. He got a $500 bonus for five years. He got a 500 bucks and a divorce. Yeah. And, oh. and a $500,000 price tag on his head for all the mafia guys that he put in jail. Yeah. The FBI had to go to the mafia guys who were in jail and say, look, we know about the $500,000 hit that you've got on Joe Pistone. If you don't call it off, you're never getting out of here. Mm-hmm. So they called it off. That really happened. And was it really called off? He's still walking around today. So yeah, oh, I guess so. Yeah. He lives apparently under an assumed name. Well, of course, yeah, you'd think. I guess in yeah, private he his, does, but he's on his, TV a lot. And his family lives yeah. under different names. Yeah. Completely different I mean, he's names. been, uh, he's been, he's, he's been on the Howard Stern show. He's on TV. I mean, anytime the mafia comes up, uh, one of the phone calls is to Joe Pistone. Mm-hmm. Did he get a divorce because of his work? Like, yeah, he was gone. He became obsessed. Like mm-hmm. it was, it got to him. Yeah. There's a scene in the film where, uh, he goes to Al Pacino's house, Lefty's house, to drop off a Christmas gift. And then he's going to go home and spend Christmas with his family. It's Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. But Lefty insists that he stay and have Christmas dinner with his family. Mm-hmm. And so Pistone's family gets neglected in the process. And there's a fight between the husband and wife in the film, which I'm sure is based on some fact. Uh, definitely yeah. would have to be. It was Pistone's book that the film is based on. Because, um, because you know, the mob, they're, they're under the impression that he's single. Okay. That was going to be yeah. my question. You know, and that he's, it's Christmas Eve. Come on. Yeah. You're, you're my boy. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Yeah, don't he's, spend he's, it alone. he's got yeah, no family. He was love, a foster child. That's the story. We love you like a son. Come yeah. on in, you know, enjoy. Yeah. It seems to me it would make more sense for, to have an unmarried agent do this, though, or was he just the best choice? He was, I guess he was the best choice. Like I said, he'd already spent two years in the auto theft ring undercover. Mm-hmm. So they knew that he knew how to do it. He oh, had God. grown he up. He could act. He could do Well, he yeah. had grown up in the area. He, he grew up in a neighborhood with a bunch of these Italians who later mm-hmm. became members of the mafia. So he knew the lingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he knew how to walk on the street, so to speak. So he, was, he didn't have to learn how to do it. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, that helped. And so that that would be awful for a marriage. Yeah. And oh, if you've yeah. Got children. Yeah. I yep. would. I would and probably be real pissed if you put put your family in danger like that. Well, and his wife knew to some extent. To some extent, he couldn't give her the details, on. but he knew she knew that he was an FBI undercover agent, and he would be there when he got there. And and that's mm-hmm. the thing. We're also talking about a, a period of time where there's no cell phone. It's not like you can send a text and go, "Oh my gosh, I'm yeah. stuck here. I've got you know." So it's it, like there's he's, he's either dead she, or he's just not coming home. You don't know. Yeah, you have no yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's not like he could tell her when he got home right. what was going on. That's yeah, right. that's yeah. and and uh, but it, it's true how close Lefty and Donnie Brasco became mm-hmm. because uh, Brasco was Lefty's best man at his second wedding during this five-year period. That's, that's how, how good this guy was. That's how close they came to, became uh, well, best friends. That might, this, this particular movie, and Sorry. not just because mm-hmm. I love Johnny Depp so much, but this particular movie, just because of the story, mm-hmm. might need to be at the top of your list. It, it, it's it's piqued my interest the most so yeah. far. It is, it is it is the fascinating. I think it's the best job Al Pacino's ever done, and we all know what a great actor Al Pacino is. <sighs> yeah. I think his Lefty Ruggiero is the best thing he's ever done. But Johnny but, Depp's the undercover Johnny Depp guy? is Donnie Brasco. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, Pacino, he's playing. He's an older guy. He's been in the mafia, but he's one of those guys who never figured out a way to work himself up to the top. He's just kind of the the guy everybody else kind of chuckles about behind their back because he's you know he's not very successful. He's he he doesn't have two pennies to rub together. That scene where they're uh, at the Christmas party at Lefty's house, they swap Christmas gifts, and each of them gives the other an envelope filled with hundred dollar bills. <laughs> so it's a wash on the Christmas gift. But as Brasco is leaving the house. Lefty walks into the door and said, hey, can you spare a couple of bucks? And before he can even answer, Lefty reaches into Brasco's coat and pulls out the envelope that he's just given him as a Christmas mm-hmm. present yeah. and pulls out all the money and gives him the empty, uh, empty envelope. Yeah. So yeah, and there's another scene yeah. where uh, Lefty is, he's reduced to stealing parking meters and trying to break them open to get the coins out just to have walking around money. Oh, okay. So he's not a very successful gangster. Mm-hmm. And it's probably why he was able to get so high up into this particular family because another family might not have been so welcoming to him Mm -hmm. because they were more successful and, and maybe smarter. Yeah. Is that safe safe to say? Yeah. Yeah. The bananos that the gang that he got into, uh, if it's based on real events and I assume that it is, they weren't the sharpest tools in the shed. But they were still dangerous. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Still. still... Yeah. They could pull a trigger. Oh, oh (laughs) yeah. Ah. Anyways, 
very good, very stressful, but it's very so stressful. fascinating that this was a real, this was real yeah. and very close to the movie seems to be very close mm-hmm. to the book, which is what actually happened. Yeah. Useless movie tidbit about Donnie Brasco. There's a scene in the film where Donnie Brasco is explaining to a young FBI technician, the meaning of the phrase, forget about it mm-hmm. and forget about it. It's kind of like the F word. It, mm-hmm. it can mean a lot of things depending on your, the inflection in your voice mm-hmm. where it's used in a sentence. And he's explaining this. And the guy who plays the uh, young FBI audio technician, mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti. Oh yeah. Who today is the U S attorney on the Showtime series billions yeah. where he's going after a crime Lord played by Damian Lewis, which I have not seen. No, I don't have Showtime, it. but when it's finished, when the show runs its course, I'm going to get Showtime and binge watch the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's good. So he's, he's explaining this. And like I said, forget about it. It can be anything. It can be, it's like the F word. And speaking of which, uh, 172 F words in Donnie Brasco. Lowest count so far. So far. All right. Our last film. You guys ready? Yeah. Mm -hmm. As they say in the Northeast, the departed. Yes. I love that. I'm going to talk like that all day now. This movie is good. Also stressful. This is my favorite. Also very stressful. Very stressful. This is my, this is probably my favorite mafia film of all time. Is it Jack or Leo? Why is it your favorite? <sighs> Both. Yeah. And Matt Damon and Mark Wahlberg and Alec Baldwin and Martin Sheen yeah, and they're Vera Farmesia. Yeah, they're all good. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And Martin Scorsese. I mean, wow. <laughs> it's the best one. It's good. So the film is based on a Chinese film called Infernal Affairs, which I'm going to watch. I just want to see how close it is because apparently it... it it tracks very closely. Some of the major components in The Departed are pulled straight from the script from Infernal Affairs. But what Scorsese did, he took James Bulger. You know what his nickname is? Whitey. Whitey. Mm-hmm. Whitey Bulger. He, wove, he, he was able to weave the Whitey Bulger story into that script and Americanize it in the process. And Whitey Bulger is something that we're definitely going to have to do down the road. Yeah. I mean, and speaking of Johnny Depp, have you seen Black Mass? I have. Where he plays Whitey Bulger. Yeah. You don't even know it's him. I mean, you, he loses himself in the character. He's unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. And people who have seen the film and knew Whitey Bulger said, spot on. Nice. So I, I got to watch that one again, too. It's been a while, but we got to put, uh, we got to put Bulger. That's a fascinating is, story. Um, is that the, is that Jack's character? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Jack's character is Jack based Nicholson on Jack is, Nicholson. is one of the stars. Yeah. And he's like the big. The big boss man. He is the boss man. Um, trying to find the name of the character that he plays. I've got it somewhere. We'll get to it. Uh, but it, it's it's telling the story about what Bulger was doing and how his crime enterprise worked back in the 70s. He was a, and just like in the film, Whitey Bulger was secretly an FBI informant. Frank Costello. Frank Costello is the name of Nicholson's character in the film. He was secretly an FBI agent or informant all this time, Bulger was. And so is Costello in the film. And well, I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts of the story too much because I want everybody to watch it because it's fantastic. Suffice it to say though, that after Osama bin Laden was killed in 2011, Mm -hmm. the number one man on the FBI's most wanted list was Whitey Bulger. He replaced Osama bin Laden. What? Yeah. That's how badly they wanted to get. What? Yeah. Not 2011. It was 2000. It was 2000 and. Yeah, that's right. It was 2011. Obama was president mm-hmm. when they got when they got him. Yeah, right. Yeah, when they when yeah. they killed uh, Osama bin Laden. Yeah. That's right. So Osama bin Laden gets killed, and then this guy goes to the top of the list. That's right. Okay. Well, yeah. It was a bad dude. Very bad dude. A lot of murders. Murders. Was he? Where was he from? Why Boston. Whitey Bulger was Southie. Yeah, he's okay. a Southie. He grew okay. up in Boston. All right, got it. Um, I was going to talk about the RICO Act because we mentioned that in the uh, previous episodes. And just a brief to briefly explain, the RICO Act was a law that was passed in 1970, but it was really the 80s before the FBI and Rudy Giuliani was a key cog in this wheel that figured out a way to use RICO to shut down the mafia. So when we come back eventually and tell you the story about what happened to the mafia in the 70s and 80s and 90s, we'll get into RICO a lot more because that basically is the four-letter word that spells the end of mafia. Okay. As as it was known at the time. The mafia still exists today. They're still involved in construction in New York. There was an article online yesterday about how the mafia is getting back into the construction business in New York City. There's a housing boom in New York, and the mafia is part of that. Always have been, always will be. 
Um, but the RICO Act made it okay for me to, let's say the two of you sit around and talk about a crime. Yep. Katie, Kelly. And then Kelly goes out and commits the crime. Kelly, uh, Katie, you weren't even there. No, but- But, but you talked about it. So you can be- And, and with RICO, you're yeah. both guilty. Yeah. That's how RICO works. And that's how they got the mob. And so that that is a domino effect. So they're able to, that's to right. get a, a yeah. large amount of- Yeah, you, you do learn all about conspiracy and- First yeah. year of law school. That's my. That's my. Tell me go. again the date. When did RICO go into effect? Uh, the law was passed in 1970. 70. Okay. Yeah, the feds love conspiracy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it, uh, RICO plays. It, it works into. It's factored into a lot of films. It's a. Mm. It's it's a it's a good way to move a story along, especially if you're telling a story about the mafia. Yeah. Like in The Departed. Speaking of which. Uh, okay, so. You, who has everybody seen The Godfather? I did not know what I'm about to tell you until I read this no. a couple of days ago. Okay, so there every time before somebody dies in The Godfather, there's an orange in the scene, okay, or a pile of oranges, or a basket of oranges. Hmm. It, it's uh, it's it's telling you, hey, somebody's about to die. Scorsese did the same thing in The Departed, only with the letter X. Oh. And it's very creative. Once I watched or found out about this, I went back and watched it again just mm-hmm. to see all the X's. I mean, there's one point where there's, there's an abandoned building and just before somebody gets thrown off the roof of it, the windows are taped over mm-hmm. with X's. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where Leonardo DiCaprio is on a cell phone. Oh, and that's another thing. Don't let me forget about the cell phones. But there's a scene where he's in the airport mm-hmm. and the architecture is X's. Uh, just look for the X's in The Departed because somebody's about to get it. And the film was made in 2006. It came out, I'm sorry. It, well, it was filmed in 2005. Came out in, in 2006. Everybody's got flip phones. It's the year before the iPhone was invented. Mm-hmm. It was introduced the first time. So when you watch the film, the only thing that dates it or gives it, it's, it, it, they're using flip phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet the Motorola Razor was the number one phone that year. Probably so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everybody had, you know, everybody's checked. There's a couple of scenes where people are looking at their phones and the, the camera cuts to the phone itself, which is why it's so prominent, because they're communicating with text messages. Mm-hmm. And so they, they found a way to weave that into the story. But yeah, it's the old flip phones. Yeah. Yeah. T9. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, another thing, useless tidbit for this movie. Brad Pitt was supposed to play uh, the Mark Wahlberg character. Oh. Who, okay. Mark Wahlberg was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for that role. Yeah, he did a fantastic Fantastic. Job. The best job he's ever done in a film, and he's a great actor. Yeah. But why I think did, that was his best uh, one. Why did Brad Pitt not do Brad it? felt like that he was too old to play the character. Oh. And this oh. was 15 years ago, so Brad was 45, 44 I give, at the time. Uh, I got to give Brad kudos for yeah. not just taking something. Yeah. Well, he ended up being a producer of the film. Under Understanding that I'm too old for this. Yeah. I don't need to yeah, his, uh, uh, beat this dead horse, and yeah. I need to play roles that are more my age. Right. Yeah. He's, Some more folks in Hollywood could take that line. <laughs> um. Not surprisingly, perhaps, Mafia film regulars De Niro and Ray Liotta both turned down the Alec Baldwin role in okay. the film. Yeah. Which Alan Baldwin just, he's not in the film very much, but every scene he's, he's in, he totally steals the film. Yeah, he's good. Uh, F word count in this film, 237. Okay. Um, so that's it. We're done with that part. But there's a couple of other things I wanted to mention to you guys just about films because I, I had these thoughts on my mind. And when am I ever going to be able to tell it again if I don't tell it now? Okay. Um, you guys have seen Pulp Fiction, yes? Yes. I'm guessing that's a hard no over here? No. Hard no. Um, Samuel L. Jackson became a star because of his role in that film. Yeah. Which I was not aware of. And I, I knew this part. John Travolta had his career revived. Yes. By yes. Pulp Fiction. Yep. He got paid $150,000 to play Vince Vega in Pulp Fiction. The next year, he played uh, Chili Palmer in Get Shorty yeah. and got $6 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite the saved difference. His, saved his. And speaking of Get Shorty, another great mafia film. Yeah. Set in Hollywood. It really takes the, the mafia story and kind of turns it on its head a little bit. Yeah. Mafia, uh, the, Hollywood gets to make fun of itself using the mafia I would say, as the gag. I would say that that's a more fun, if yeah, there a could fun be film. a fun mafia yeah. movie. Gene Hackman's in it. Of course, he steals yeah. every scene. He's, he's got this bad set of teeth that he's wearing. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good. Uh, we didn't, we've hardly talked about Jimmy Hoffa at all. Mm-hmm. But Hoffa from 92 starring Jack Nicholson again is a fantastic film. And if we finish this story of the mafia at some point, we when, we, when we do the seventies, we will have to mention Jimmy Hoffa. We will ad nauseum. Yeah. Um, true romance. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, the Bonnie and Clyde came out in 67 and created 
this man and woman on the run theme. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the uh, Woody Harrelson, Oliver Stone uh, film Killers? Uh, natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers. Uh, and True Romance was another one with uh, with uh, Christian Slater, Christopher Walken. Mm. Uh, Quentin Tarantino wrote that. He didn't direct it, but he wrote the screenplay. Did not know that. Okay, so I went off on this tangent. Yep. Like I said, we have not talked about John Gotti. We haven't talked about Sammy the Bull Gravano. But we barely will mentioned because, Bulger. Because people find that interesting, the more present day um, gangsters, yeah. mobsters, yeah. and mafia members, because they remember that. They remember that in the in the in the news and yeah, when the, articles. Yeah. So we will definitely get to that. Yay, I'm excited. All right. All right, that's all I Scott, got, guys. Great job. Thank you so much. And and to be continued, we will get to the more recent uh, members of the of the mafia and the mob. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. All right. So thank you so much. You can visit our website, follow us on uh, your favorite social media outlet, Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Whatever. We're still on there for now. If they start charging, if yeah, they we'll make us pay for it, we're off. Yeah. We'll yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to give us give a five star. Yeah. Say you. something nice about us so we can give you a shout out. Thank you so much for all of our listeners out there until next time. Is that it? Are we done? We're done. Good night, everybody.